Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. Welcome to the program. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Alongside me this evening, as it usually is on Tuesdays, as well as other days of the week, we have Southern Wood. And he, in fact, has his Southern Wood Abides paddle here in studio. I, I left it up here. You got out of line. No, last You week. got out of line. Wrong. Whose name is on the show? Wrong. Whose name is on the hour? Wrong. Whose name is on the paddle? Run. Who gave you that name? Cooter, actually. <laughs> no, actually, Rusty gave me that name. Right, right. I mean, it comes from all great places. All sorts of great places. <sighs> now, it's funny. You, We were just talking in the break, and you were like, what are we going to talk about? I'll tell you one thing that I would at least like to dive into. Yeah. And it may it may not take the show over. We we may go somewhere else. People are stupid. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I just I love this topic, by the way. <clears throat> stupid people. I was headed to the radio station and I'm smart enough not to try to take the bypass down and take a right on the Carmichael. Sure, right. Off the bypass. I mean, that's like suicide lane. Mm-hmm. Get on the interstate. I pull up there, and I'm like, "Yeah, hey, you know, I want something to drink." So, Got off of Perry Hill. Yeah. So at Perry Hill, I hung a right, and I went down there, and I turned in and went into the little Emico station right there. Sure. Uh, as I was walking out, a man walks up to me, and he says, "Where is uh, Hickory Road?" And I mean, I'm thinking. I mean, I drive Montgomery. Pretty regularly, and I'm I'm racking my brain thinking of Hickory Road. I don't remember one, and I said, "Sir," I said, "I, I said, I I don't know where Hickory." Ro-. He says, "Well," he said, "It's supposed to be at Exit Two, Exit Two," and I'm thinking, "Wait, sir, is this the Hickory Road right next to uh, Dickory Dock?" Right, and I'm thinking, and and I'm not. Perfect on the numbers because I'm more a name guy. Mm-hmm. It's a Perry Hill Road exit, the Ann Street exit, the you know downtown exit, and but I'm I'm going back through in the Rolodex and I'm thinking I don't think there's an exit two in Montgomery. Mm-hmm. There's one one A and I know them by the names. I don't really know them by the numbers. And 
I said, he's like, yeah. I said, he said, Hickory Road, Hickory Road. I'm supposed to go to Hickory Road and take a ride. I said, where are you coming from? He said, I'm coming from, from Mobile. Uh-huh. And I said, okay. Well, that explains a lot. Uh, well, it does. People in Mobile are I, stupid. I'll, I'll, that's going to be my punchline when I get through. So he says, no. He says, I'm coming from Mobile. And he says, I'm going to this place. I'm supposed to get off at exit two and turn on Hickory Road. And I said, sir, I'm sorry. There's no exit two that I know of and no Hickory Road. And he pulls out a map. What, an actual now, now, map? That's what, exactly. Now, Joey, who does not have GPS of some sort? Not me. Either through their phone. Wait, he couldn't read the map, though? Like, I know how to read a physical map. I'm not done yet. I'm not done well, yet. hurry up. He says, here. He shows me the map. He says, right here. Directions say, turn on exit two. And I looked at it. I said, sir, that is in Georgia. And he looked at me with a straight face and said, you mean I'm not in Georgia right now? (laughs) And that's what I did. (laughs) I said, no, sir. I said, you're looking for exit two in Georgia. He said, well, this is like exit four or three or whatever it is. I said, yes, sir. I said, once you cross the state lines, they'll start over. I said, look for Valley. Once you see Valley, it'll go one, two, three. (laughs) That's where you're going to turn. Well, I thought I was in Georgia. Sir, why did you think you was in Georgia? Well, I came to Montgomery and took a right. Isn't that Georgia? After, you know, a few miles, sir. That's mobile for well, you. He people. thought he could go up 65 North, take a ride on the 85 North. You're in Georgia. You're in Georgia. <laughs> That's what Man, he thought. We've been buying lottery tickets at the wrong place then. Oh, wow. Poor, poor man. Dude, I've got a better story than that. You deal with stupid people all day, don't you? Joey, none, none. Mm hmm. Of my clients are stupid. Oh, of course. All your paying clients are very, very smart people. Extremely smart. (laughs) PhD level. I deal with the public a lot, though. I'm at the... I'm sure this is just... just, Your ratings are just going up so far. Oh, sure. Right. I can already tell. We're we're 10 minutes in, and this is a real humdinger right now. Five lines are lit up. The... I'm at... The Pentlala exit down there, a lady walks in. I felt so sorry for her. And she's asking the guy. It was a new owner of the Stuckies down there where Mm -hmm. the uh, Dairy Queen is. And she's like, how do I get to Charlotte? And the guy didn't know. And he was trying to mumble through and look through. And I said, look, I said, ma'am, I said, to get to Charlotte, I said, take 65 north go north. I said, you'll come to a great big intersection. You'll hit 85. 85 will take you straight through Atlanta and just stay on 85. Don't get off of it and you'll go, you'll and she says, well I'm I'm supposed to be there in an hour and a half. And I said, well ma'am, you're not going to make it. No kidding. The woman looks at me dead serious and says, 
Well, I pulled out of my driveway, and it said to get on to 85. Right. And in 30 minutes, take a right on Highway 77. And I got to thinking, and I said, I said, ma'am, I said, where did you leave from? She says, I live in Atlanta. What? She drove from Atlanta to Pentlala, Alabama before she realized she took a left instead of a right. <laughs> that is a true story. It's like that scene in Dumb and Dumber. It's like that John Denver's full of crap. This doesn't look <laughs> like the Rocky Mountains. Oh, but wow. But people are stupid well, in general. And here's the thing. I try to constantly remind folks. Those people... If they find a way to a polling place, their vote <laughs> counts just as much as yours. Like, and this is the thing, and this is why it actually, and you're getting me on something. When people say voting is your voice, I'm like, oh my God, no, it isn't. You can talk, say, on the radio for seven hours a day. You can heavily research every single policy issue under the sun. You can read deep political theory going all the way back to Plato. And you can inform yourself on the best virtues for a free and just society. And at the end of the day, you can do all that and the person that doesn't understand that, you know, that you drove all the way out of Atlanta, which should have been a 30-minute drive to your destination, you're on the road for three hours, all of a sudden, oh, I'm not in Atlanta anymore. I'm in a holy different state paid no attention to welcome to alabama their vote counts just as much as yours no i had a moment i was on taylor road going south from atlanta highway and i was getting onto the interstate 85 south and you know there's a long lane there to get on that exit ramp and there's a woman who i assume is homeless or you know just trying to get she posts up right there on that exit I'm like, there are so many other exits, like the Ann Street one off 85 or the Mulberry Street one. There are so many different exits she should have posted up at. But this one exit she chooses to sit at, nobody ever stops at it. There's never a backup on that ramp on the 65 South or, excuse me, 85 South on Taylor Road. People are blowing through there. I mean, that's a 45 mile an hour, really, we go 55 on Taylor Road and you hit the interstate. Who's stopping? And why is it that you have a backpack and, like, a cooler? Are you actually that homeless? Yeah, we were having this discussion off air the other night. I have given, when people hit me up for money, sometimes I will just, knowing I'm even getting ripped off, it doesn't feel right, I'll give them money. I'm in a good mood. Here you go. It actually, that sort of thing does not make me feel warm and fuzzy. Like, if I help somebody in a different way, I feel better about it. But if I'm just handing somebody money, sometimes I feel like I'm getting ripped off. Other times, it's like, okay, this person, if you kind of ask them a few questions, figure out their story, either you're a really good actor or actress or you actually need help. I love buying people actual food or even something as stupid as, hey, do you got a lighter? I'll just go inside and pay a dollar and get the guy a lighter. Like Stuff like that doesn't bother me. But... You know, it, it, I do feel bad sometimes when you see people that hit you up and you're like, like people will assume they look at my car, a little 20-year-old convertible. Yeah, no, you, he's you made of money. You do have a sexy little car, though. Right, but that car isn't, that car wasn't that much money. Exactly. 
And I heart, but it's a it's a really good looking car. I right. mean, it's a little sports car. People, it's interesting how people assume. Just well, oh, he's got to be you know rolling in the dough like Scrooge I mean, McDuck. You're metrosexual, and you got that cute little sports car, ponytail, blowing <sighs> in the wind. It's just unreal. There, there are so many people. Okay, they're just stupid people, like low IQ people out there. There are a lot of them. But then the type of stupidity which I all the time looking in the mirror like you can be brilliant about certain things and then when it comes to the most common sense thing it's like man i'm an idiot i have no clue what i'm doing like when somebody tries to explain to me oh like eric was trying to do it the other night oh I, if you want to just buy the parts for your car if you need to replace a certain part and we can put it together and you do this you do that it's like i, I don't know what he's saying i'm completely lost when it becomes when it comes to most mechanical things they're just lost and you're right. I mean, there are different degrees of intelligence. And I, I think one thing that's missed in that, that uh, athletes are left out of that. Mm. That athletes are not intelligent. Oh, that's ridiculous. But the, and not just, I mean, basketball is the greatest sport ever. I mean, that's that's the only one true sport. And, and it takes actual intelligence and and physical ability but there's there's a part of intelligence that tells your muscles how to act even yes. if you're a dumb old football player right of how to see the hole and cut before the guy moves and i mean that makes you a better person that is a form of intelligence yes, yes it is very physical and you have to be very physical to it's an intelligent perform skill. That task, yeah, right. But it's not strictly just physical ability. I'm bigger and stronger than you. You've got to be smart. And 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 I hate to bring his name up. Well, I'm I'm not going to bring his name. Okay, up. Okay, good. Uh, We're not calling him tonight. Auburn had a they had a they had a quarterback that came in and he had all the physical ability to be a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. I think I know who you're talking but about. But he didn't have the intelligence to figure out the the offense and how to look and read the He couldn't read a play and, yeah. and do all that kind of stuff. Or so, he had a case of the yips, a really bad case, and he just would freeze up, lock up. It's hard to know how you'd react to a situation like that. Yeah. And I tried quarterback a little bit in middle school. I, I didn't like it. I didn't have that vision. I didn't, I didn't like getting tackled. I don't mind getting tackled. That's no, I, I didn't. I, it, it hurts. Well, it hurts initially. That's another weird thing. You build up a callus, and it's more mental callus. I never like, got the callus. That's why I went to basketball. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I was always a football guy. I quit basketball pretty early on after That's middle school. You're short and you're white. Well, maybe. Though and I, I'm tall and I'm black. Do, do people not know I'm black? Well, you are. You just got that, that twang, that pit lala twang going on. Well, I mean, that's that's what you get down here. So what do you think, to get a little more topical, of this Democratic clown car these days? If Joe Biden, in fact, <laughs> oh does God. announce, if Biden announces on Thursday, that makes 20 people running for the presidency of the United States who are Democrats. Now, I assume most of these folks are running just to get their name ID up or they have a certain pet issue that they want to get across to people and just hammer the, the podium, hammer the pulpit about it. But who do you think is actually a serious contender? I'll give you mine first. Biden gets in. He's a serious contender. 
Bernie Sanders is in. He's a serious contender. Yeah. I think Kamala Harris could be a serious contender. And much Probably. to everybody's surprise, though maybe it's like a Herman Cain sort of rise, Buttigieg, or the gay mayor Pete. I, I think I think he's going to flame out. Yeah. He's going to yeah. flame out? Yeah. I, I, I really do. I, th- I think it's, it's going to be, you know, something that they attached to in the beginning but I don't I don't think the money's going to be there for him because I mean that's what it what it gets down to in especially in national politics in all politics it comes down to money who can bring the money in Bernie can get a little bit of money from the people he's like the Roy Moore of the left I mean he's got 25% but he's not going to get the money Joe Biden has got a pretty good chance, except that they have already started attacking him on his hair sniffing, you know, child fondling. It's a good thing to attack him on. It's weird. Well, I mean, they're already taking him down. My personal, not my favorite, but who I would favor as a dark horse in the Democratic primary is Cory Booker. Really, I don't. I think Corey's a little bit too goof troop. He's he now he's got some baggage as well. But the thing is about Democrats, baggage does not matter if it's not made an issue. Hmm. They've made Joe Biden's baggage an issue. Him grabbing little children, groping them, rubbing on them, smelling their hair, kissing them on their cheek, and and all that. They've made that an issue. Cory Booker has issues, but nobody said anything about him. He's a good-looking dude. Is he? Cory Booker's a good-looking dude. He is? He is. Have you talked to women about this, or are you just your own No, I, that's my opinion. He's a good. You like the, the fact that he's bald? Yeah. He's a good-looking dude. He's bald. He's black. He's in... I mean, this sounds very coarse. He's a light-skinned black. Yeah. He's not dark-skinned. You know, well, I don't want to get. He's into not that. real black. No, I know what you're I, talking no, about. No, but I, I will get, get into it. Yeah. I know you don't want to, but I'm not afraid to get into it. There's a difference in light skinned and dark skinned. That's the way black people talk about well, black I, people. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But I mean, but he's you know he's tolerable. He's light enough that the white people like him, and that's the way white Democrats do. I'm just telling you, Obama was light skinned. I'm, uh, no, I, I know you're just, not telling any tales out of school, and it is yeah. interesting in a party that has so much, you know, prided itself on the cause of diversity and intersectionality, that everybody in the lead right now in the polls, though it's still early, are a bunch of white guys, mostly straight. But now you have, you know, Mayor Pete. Yeah, it's interesting how that that's worked. I mean, well, and actually, it's refreshing because I think. People are reminded that you can talk a big game about diversity and being inclusive and intersectionality, blah, 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 blah. But it really comes down to what are your policies? How, how charismatic are you? How effective are you at reaching and inspiring people? And right now, Bernie has put in a lot of time. Uh, to get that name ID and to reshape the Democratic Party in many ways. Joe Biden, obviously, was the former vice president, so a lot of name ID. I don't know how much Joe has actually done 
Because, I mean, unless you're Dick Cheney being vice president, you don't really do that much in terms of that hardcore governing. And, I don't know, I think Mayor Pete is the flavor of the month. I think people like the fact that the guy's young, he's well-spoken. I think the religiosity that he expresses as a member of the Episcopal Church is an interesting twist. That essentially, he, he's an openly gay man, but he, he's very formed and shaped and thinks about the world through the lens of his faith. Um, so that's an interesting angle. But I, I think sometimes, and I'm saying this as a young man who's only 30, I know what it's like when somebody just discounts you because of your age. And in some ways, that's warranted because you're young and inexperienced. But uh, I think there is something to that where there will be certain folks that look at Mayor Pete and go, he's too young. He hasn't done enough in the world. Though, let's be honest, there is nothing, not much at least, whether even if you've been vice president that prepares you to be president of the United States. It's almost like, and people ask me, who do you like? It'll, I'll give you my prediction, unless the economy goes south or we get into some massive war that we shouldn't, I think Donald Trump runs away with this thing. I think it's Trump's to lose, especially after this gift of the Mueller report. I mean, mm-hmm. right now, people are yeah. still heeing and hawing over it, but it was a huge gift. Vindication in many ways for Donald Trump. Whoa, he's a corrupt a-hole. Look at how he behaved and told his, you know, his staff members the lie. And so it's like, yeah, we already knew that. That's, I mean, are you describing Trump or every national politician? I mean, and I think there will be a, a moment where the Democrats, maybe they already realize that Trump is very strong right now. If the economy remains strong, and if he doesn't do anything too crazy, which I don't think he will. I think he's the more he's been in that office, and this happens with all presidents for the most part, the more you actually do the job, you get better. There's a reason incumbent presidents tend to get reelected. He is damn good at everything he's ever done. So how much better is he going to get at being president? Let's step back for a second. And imagine how crazy is that job? Like, I don't think any, it's not by any means what the founders intended when they initially got that job. You know, the question of impeachment's up on the table. I believe if you look at a lot of the early writings of the founding, they thought impeachment would be used a lot more. They thought it would more be like the real power would be the Speaker of the House. And they would control the executive branch a lot more. Of course, that's not come to pass. You've had people like Andrew Jackson with the cult of personality around him. You had Lincoln. You had Teddy Roosevelt. You had FDR. I mean, and what's happened is the presidency has become more and more king-like, dare I say emperor-like, given what presidents can do on the international stage. That's very unique to a president. So when I look at the job, though, I'm like, is this really, if I could rewrite the system from the ground up, I don't know if I would build it the way it's what it's become. Like, it just seems like too much for any person, even if they're Jesus, even if they're a brilliant statesman. It, to put them in that position, it's amazing that it even works. Yeah, and with the advent of the executive order, oh Lord, that has changed government, period. And is uh, look. All you Republicans, I know most everybody out there listening right now are Republicans, and I'm looking right into the microphone. I'm looking at you as much as you hate it. Because that's actually where the listeners are. Ronald Reagan mm-hmm. really, really changed the executive order. 
And when you can go in and just do it's things, been a progression, yeah. by, and it has been a progression. But when it got to him, it just multiplied, you know, fifty percent. And it started with him and H. W. Bush, and then Bill Clinton, W. And, and go all the way to where we are now. Oh, yeah, Obama was in great. And Trump now, is Trump. Strangely, though, for all his bluster. On you know, sometimes he has these knee-jerk reactions. If I'm going to be strong and I'm going to get things done, he has actually not really expanded executive power or created new ground in that regard. He's he's done well with it, but he's, he's used, used the stuff. It yeah, when he's needed it. Well, he's used the stuff past presidents have done. And he absolutely has. And that's where you're talking about being kingly. Is yeah. oh no, I said get out there and bomb Syria right now. Right, do it. I don't need authorization from Congress. Oh, the whole idea of the the American president is restrained by Congress, and the war-making power rests in the Congress. It's gone. It's sad, but it is gone. Like, I mean, how many... It's been gone. We never declared war, Joey, on Vietnam. Right. Korea was a police action, according to Truman. It's been since the freaking 40s since we declared war on somebody. It's unreal. So, Congress... Yeah, sure, they can. They can, you know, it gives Congress an excuse to jump up and down and make bonfires and scream and raise cane about different things, but they they have no freaking power. They don't. Well, actually, I think they do, but if you... They won't use it. They're scared. And they agree. They agree with a lot of the wars abroad. But here's the thing. They agree with it. As long as they don't have to vote positively for it. That's right. They don't have to put their name on the dotted line that, yes, I support this war in Yemen. Yes, I support this war in Afghanistan. They get to pass one law, now what, 18 years ago, the original 2001 AUMF after 9-11. And now it's like, yeah, go ahead, whoever the president is, take out Gaddafi in Libya. And therefore, they can be... Monday morning quarterbacks. We've all done when it, it doesn't go well. Yeah, you, you say, can, man, why did why did uh, Nick Saban call that play? You know, if he wouldn't have called that play, we'd have won. Right. That's what you get to do when you let the president be the fall guy for every single thing. If the war turns out good, you can say, yeah, I was in support of going in to Iraq. Right. I was in support. Of of Desert Storm, you. I mean, you can go wherever you want to go with it, but if it turns out bad, you can say, "I never voted to authorize this. That's overreach by the executive branch." Right. And that's. I mean, that's just. Well, and here's the fact. I think a lot of people. It's become such a daggone game. Well, a fact a lot of people need to face, and I know people don't like the word because it's it reminds you of Star Wars, and this word is evil. But I think what's happened is the United States, whether we wanted it or not, whether it was an accident or by happenstance, the United States has now become essentially a global empire, monetarily for sure, militarily for sure. Oh, yeah. Culturally, not as much as it used to be, fair enough. And what's happened, it it reminds me of an old Greek talking about when Athens had an empire. He said, "You, we might have got it by a sinful way, essentially. We might not have even won it anymore. But once you have a structure like that, an empire, 
all these obligations abroad, not to mention all the financial obligations here at home domestically. Once you have it, even if you want to get rid of it, and everybody in the Congress and the newly elected president agrees, good luck getting rid of it. It's, and here's the thing. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. You keep pushing forward, and you try to consolidate the gains the United States has, militarily, financially, in all our you know privileges that we've set up in international institutions. And that's perilous, because we, in many ways, are overextended. But you pull back, and you create power vacuums. Vacuum. That's also perilous. It really is damned if you do, damned if you don't. We're in a tough situation. It's like, you know, brother, we're out there. Damn, we're in a tough spot. Like, yeah. and I just worry, um, we need to hit a break here, but I just worry oh. that we're not, our discourse has become so, to begin, or to remind us where we began tonight, so dumb, so emotionally triggering. Again, politics is not about finding the facts. The Mueller report should show you that, folks. Robert Mueller, for whatever you agree with his interpretation of the facts or not, he was looking at basic facts. But you can't prosecute what is, at the end of the day, a political matter. Because politics is not about finding the facts. And the most reasonable argument, no, politics is an argument over symbols to inflame people's emotions for the sake of winning and administering using power. So next time you go, how could, how could somebody in the Democratic Party say something so crazy? Because, number one, they want you to react that way, and they're playing to their base, and they know, yeah, maybe I'm stretching the truth here, but that's the whole point. As Hillary said last presidential election, you campaign in poetry and you govern in prose. And what is poetry other than giving the false front of truth to something that's palpably false? I mean, that's a lot of poetry. Anyway, we got to hit this break. You got me all worked up talking about stupid people and okay. too much power, and we'll keep going into this. But first, I want to tell folks that the show is brought to me, brought to me, and brought to you. <laughs> because, you know, I have some skin in the game here. But Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group. Oh, Eddie, I love Eddie Bader. He called the airwaves earlier today. Great guy. He changed his own life and has changed many other people's lives by helping them buy and sell their homes. Whether it's the place you want to live in, got that growing family, get that nice family home, or a place to invest in. I thought about Eddie today. I drove by a house, and it had a little red and white sign that said, for sale with the phone number on it, and it was a FISBO. And I thought... You idiot. Speaking of dumb people. Right. Why they, don't call Eddie Bader and to. say, Eddie, I need to sell my house. They should have called 322-0662 and said, what? hey, Eddie, give me some help. 322-0662. yeah. Yeah. Call Eddie and let him help you sell your house. Yes. Tell you what you need to do to make it look as presentable as it needs to be to get the daggum house And you want to do that before you ever start negotiating. Because then people can nickel and dime you in the negotiations they have every right to. But if you get that renovation and that repair done before you even put it on the market, exactly. then you can do an open house with this pristine property that you've upgraded a little bit so you could ask top dollar in a very competitive market. These are the sort of pieces of advice and tips of the trade that Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group will give you. So if you're looking to buy or sell your home, maybe you want that great retirement home up on the lake, 
Give Eddie Bader a call. 322-0662. He's got a boat. He does have a boat. 322-0662. That's, again, Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Southern Wood alongside me. We're just ranting and raving tonight. Talking about the upcoming 2020 election. And I think Donald Trump will run away with it. Unless something really bad happens. But... I have to say, what the presidency has become is insane. And the way we talk about that power and this insane office is even more insane. It's insanity on top of insanity. Yeah. And it kind of all leaves us a bit stupid. Be right back. Joey Clark. Oh, welcome back, folks. You know, if you listen to the politics of the day, even though we have some of the lowest unemployment levels ever in American history, you'd think that's the situation. No food, no jobs, pets had fallen off. Before we get back into the weird, wild, and frustrating stupidity of politics, I also need to tell you the show is brought to you by Express Fitness 24-7. I was there this morning. With Alex, and we were getting a good workout in, chest tricep day. What time were you there, Joey? I was there about 9, 9.15. Oh, so they open at 9? No, they're open 24 hours a day. So Thursday, because I had already scheduled an interview with the Salvation Army for my public affairs show, Uh I'm going to have to go in real early. In fact, tomorrow morning, I'm going to go in super duper early. Earn my sunrise. So you can go in at like 6. They yeah, open at 6. 5.30 even, if you want. 5.30? It, well, it's 24-7 access. Once you become a member, and there's no year-long contract, any of that bull crap, you can do month to month. You have 24-7 access. They give you a little key fob. You have, get right on in, get your workout done. And if you feel like, I don't know where I would begin. I haven't been to the gym in years. That's so, where I would be. They would give you a few free Initial personal training sessions. So it's like, what are your goals, Clay? What are you trying to go for? You trying to make that dad bod a little harder, or do you want to flatten that belly? I'm rocking the dad bod. No, no, the dad bod abides very much because Southern Wood abides. I'm just saying, that's how they would ask you, what are your goals? And we'll right. make it happen. Get, and I would. I would get rid of this belly a little bit. Whether it's you know lightweight, higher reps, or a lot of cardio, or you want to do some of the heavy compound lifts. They have it all. I'm going to the Zola Road location for Express Fitness 24-7, but there are locations all over the river region in Millbrook and Prattville, Wetumpka, Pine Level, Clanton. Clanton. Yeah. They're all Don't over forget Clanton. So if you want to check out more details, figure out what location is best for you, I suggest you go to expressfitness24, the number 24.com. That's again, expressfitness24.com and tell them Joey sent you if you give him a try. I'm loving it. So that's come cool. on, folks. I mean, that is cool for a gym. I know so many people 
that and hell, I've heck, I've fallen into this. Mm-hmm. Is you you sign up for a membership and you're like, ah, I, I, I don't like this gym. The weights, I don't like the weights. I don't like the people over here, and and now you're tied in for a year. That's the cool no, you thing can try it out. It. Try it out for a month. Just try it, it out. Try it out, and then it's pay as you go type deal. I mean, that's dynamite. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So. I mean, we were talking about executive power. Did you see what Kamala Harris suggested? She said, if Congress doesn't send me some robust common sense gun control bills by 100 days, I'll put forth an executive action to create universal background checks. So for anybody who sells more than five firearms a year, you will have to conduct a universal background check. And if you fail to conduct those universal background checks, we will take your seller's license away nah won't pass no that, that that's good luck with that that's red meat for the left yep next next issue issue two yeah issue two. You know, well, John you, one thing that, that's actually been pissing me off a lot lately is this continuing Mueller report russia thing the constant i know it shouldn't i'm the one who explains this crap but the constant bad faith is un- number one, I'll just come out and say it. What Russia did in 2016, and yes, it's been proven by all the intelligence agencies and now shown in detail by Robert Mueller, and he indicted 26 Russians. They were trying to interfere with our mighty U.S. democratic process. Yeah, okay. it's all fact. Fact. Mm-hmm. All those things are facts. Yeah. Not and? that big of a deal. Not a big enough deal to be talking about it for two freaking years and accusing the president of the United States of being a Russian asset. And then when the president tries to, you know, celebrate, oh, it's shown that I wasn't a Russian asset. And his advisor, Jared Kushner, says, I actually think the Mueller reports had a worse impact on our democracy than what the Russians did in 2016. Everybody flips a lid. Whether it's Shepard Smith or Rachel Maddow or Chris Hayes, I don't care who it is. Oh, my God, you don't understand. They were interfering in our beloved democratic process Who cares if the American people were so easily swayed that a few fake events and social media disinformation changed the election? Then What the hell is the process worth? Is that how stupid the American people are? How dare you manipulate and propagandize our citizens? That's our job. Stay away, Kremlin. Only the people in D.C. are allowed to propagandize and feed this information to the American people. Only Americans can misinform Americans. Not Chinese misinforming Americans. Not the Russians misinforming Americans. Not the stupid people from Azerbaijan. No. Only Americans are allowed to misinform and lie and cheat other Americans. That's how the democratic process works. Only Americans are allowed to engage in immoral activity. Only Americans are allowed to oversell and under, I don't know, they don't take the consequences. It pisses me off so much. Democracy dies in darkness, Clay. Only Americans are allowed to go to England and campaign against Brexit. Only Americans are allowed to go to Israel and campaign. Actually stand on a podium and give a damn speech campaigning against Biebs over there. Only Americans can do that. But if you come over here and spend, you know what? You know what they're pissed off about. Mm. This is what they're pissed you off tell me. about. You tell me. They are pissed off because they spent a billion dollars, a billion, trying to defeat Donald John Trump, mm-hmm. and they failed. Yes. 
And they're thinking that the Russians spent 125 grand on some freaking YouTube or Facebook post and won the election. That's bullcrap. And what I, I thought about this today. What pisses me more than that mm. is the daggone Democrats stole the nomination from Bernie Sanders. Yeah. And gave it to Hillary Clinton. Yeah, but you got that information from the dirty Russians. I didn't get. And in, I know. And I you, didn't get information from nothing. We can't pay attention to the truth if it came from a foreign adversary. How dare the Russians tell us the truth? The Democrats stole the nomination from Bernie Sanders and gave it to Hillary Clinton. Yeah, they did because she was supposed to walk in. The super, so many ways super delegates. Yes. Every single one of the superdelegates voted for Hillary Clinton, as far as I know. Maybe, it might, maybe one or two didn't. But everyone basically did. Bernie Sanders had more delegates by vote, and the dadgum Democrats are the ones screaming about, we need a popular vote. Well, you want a popular vote? Cat hair covered Bernie should have been on the damn stage with Don John Trump last year. Yeah, he should have been. That's I think that exactly actually, what it should those, have been. That would have been a better debate, actually, too. It would have been. That would have been the two ideas. And, and people think they're so far apart. They're, they've got a lot in common. On trade, they do. They've got a lot in common. I've got a great friend of mine that is, I mean, he is a flaming, just disgusting liberal democrat love him to death well, donald donald you you don't know he how even to talks serve, like that. you don't know how to serve the american people mr trump you don't know i'm not even going to call you president trump you don't deserve it because the russians took this election from hillary clinton and they took it from me through hillary clinton but what i'm saying is that you Mr. Trump, are a billionaire. And it takes a millionaire to understand the working class of this country, not a billionaire. I at least sold a best-selling book. You, I don't know, what, how important is you know, high-priced real estate? I mean, it's, it would be a good debate. That's, that's how laughable, though, that politics has become, what you just demonstrated. In a country as wealthy as ours? Mr. Trump, could I finish? Wrong. <laughs> And it really has become so absurd. I think what's happened is the old school way of doing things was so fake that Donald Trump was a refreshing form of number one entertainment and being himself. Wasn't always great what he said. There's a lot of things Trump said, especially on the campaign trail. I went, whoa, dude. Like, uh, no, you know, if I have to talk about the Bill of Rights, liberty versus security, I'm going to side with security every time because there's some really bad dudes. Yeah. Okay, so the security apparatus you just defended, President Trump, has now been the thing that's essentially kneecapped your presidency for two years with unwarranted FISA warrants to spy on Carter Page and many parts of your campaign. So something gets done about that. I think the more we look into this, by the way, the Russians were playing both sides easily. Exactly. They were playing both sides, and, well, I don't, and I have yet to see an analysis of how it actually affected votes. This goes back to what we started the dadgum show with. People are freaking stupid. stupid. That's what it goes back to. Well, yes, yes. 
No doubt, 100%, I believe with all of my heart, the Russians were trying to influence our election. I believe 100% the Koreans were trying to influence our election. I believe 100% the Chinese were trying to influence our... As well as many of our allies. I believe 100% that the Americans were trying to influence the Israel elections. I believe all that. That's what countries do. do. Yeah. I mean, that's what you do. You try to preserve your own. Have you not watched Game of Thrones? Right. You protect and you fight for your family. That's where and it's going. Cause. Yeah, I know. Hey, the White gonna, Walkers are coming. I know. I told Lauren be, this about Sunday halfway, halfway through so, last night, so I was epic. like, she was like, oh, I wonder what the, I was like, I said the White and Walkers. Without saying too much, though, what do you think about what happened? Sorry for folks who don't watch Game of Thrones. We're just, Clay and I are just going to have a moment here. What do you think about the show, the episode, for folks who didn't know, there's this huge impending battle they've been foreshadowing for eight years, nine years, really, eight seasons. And it's the night before that battle with the army of the dead and the White Walkers. Mm-hmm. And so they do a brilliant episode of, if you knew it was your last night on Earth, most likely, you're going to die in some battle. Oh, you talking about area. Yeah. What would you <laughs> decide to do if you knew it was your last night on Earth? That big woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some people drink. Some people find solace in meeting and seeing an old friend. Some people decide, I'm a virgin. I don't want to die a virgin. I mean, it's such a good show. Like, all the different arcs for all the characters. Tormund, the redhead wildling guy, is by far my favorite. I like that. Like, the story of why his name is Tormund Giants Bane. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. But Nobody would understand that if you're not in the Game of Thrones. That was hilarious. I think what I think is going to happen, I think they're going to somehow, they're going to defeat, it, it. I think they're going to defeat the White Walkers. Yeah, me too. Or no, here's what I think. And then happen. it's going to turn. And then it's going to turn because that's what happened last night is when Jon Snow reveals who he really is. Revealed to Danny. Yeah. To, Danny, Daenerys, exactly yeah. who he was. See, here's what I think. She was not pleased when he said that. I think the Night King is going to do a fake out. He's going to send some of his troops at Winterfell, and there's going to be Snow. a massive battle. But I think a good portion of the Army of the Dead is going to King's Landing. And they're going to take out Cersei and the Golden Company. Oh, now and that we're going to have to fight a two front war at this point. Now, that would be awesome. Because it's only episode three of, you know, there's still three more episodes after. Yeah, see, I was thinking, I was thinking. It's so, Sunday's going to be so much fun. And Avengers Endgame comes out, and I'm going to see it on oh, Sunday, Oh, and I'm going to be at Atlanta in a volleyball tournament. I can't see Endgame. This is the most you. epic month of entertainment, folks. WrestleMania really was great. Is. Game of Thrones has been great. Avengers Endgame. It's just so much fun. I'm having so much fun this month. But the politics is so frustrating. Yeah, well, politics are politics, and they'll always, be, always there. be there. And, yeah, but I, I was thinking that they were going to defeat the army. Jon Snow was going to kill the White Knight, and then or that the would, Night King. And then, yeah, yeah, the Night King, and that, and that would just slay the entire army at the end of the next show, and then it's going to come back to all the kingdoms. Fighting against one another, right. the North and 
It's such yeah. a brilliant show. It's so well done. Uh, really and I know show. folks who haven't and watched Daenerys it, maybe so, you're like, so what the hot. hell are they talking about? And fair enough. Um, but it's so good. And I think stuff like that, you might say, oh, it's petty entertainment, and you can watch it that way. You really can. It's just, oh, it's a spectacle, it's fun to watch. But if you really watch it and you get into it, there's all sorts of like ideas. Like, you know what's your last night. What are you going to do? Are you going to drink? Are you going to sing songs? Are you going to make love? Are you going to, no, just share old times with good friends? Right. Like, that, it's so cool how people react to an impending doom. It, it is. It, it's, that's, and that's such a cool idea to see dramatized in these characters that are not just cardboard characters. They're full 3D characters with motivations that are complicated. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. And, and it is more lifelike. And, and they started, it, it's, I mean, it's season one. When John Stark got killed in season one, I mean, he was like the primary. Ned, yeah. Yeah, Ned Stark. I mean, he was the primary character of season one, and the king says, here, I want you to rule over, and they killed him, and you're like, no. What? No. Wrong. The good guy never gets killed. the good guy, yeah. It is so lifelike, and well, that's, yeah. that's when they killed him, because I, I kind of slept walked through the first season, and when they did that, I was like, Whoa! Damn! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> Time to wake up. And but it's I mean it it is really true to life. Great show. Oh, I almost said it. crap happens, you know, and that's the way life is. Well, and it's not like one character's fully good and one character's fully. There no, are few characters all flawed. Every one of there them. There are a few characters that are more good and some that are more bad. Like Jon Snow is definitely more good and Cersei is definitely more bad but I mean sure. you can also understand like even the evilest characters in the show you can understand their motivations and why they behave the way they do that's why it's so good See, it's I don't, just so I don't good. think she's pregnant well you know what this is actually a problem with our politics to wrap a bow up on this show Number one, there are a lot of stupid people. And I love I throw a lot of minkin at you, and I'm not going to do the one that the democracy is the theory that the common people uh, know what they want and they deserve to get it good and hard. That's a, one quote of his. But one of my favorites is democracy is the idea that upon seeing that the ass, the donkey, was overworked, overladen, the solution is put the donkey in the cart. And that'll solve the problem. But it is just one thing after another. One thing after another that, uh, well, drives me nuts, our politics. It's a time for us to, I think, step back. And here's the thing, the complicated thing that will tie a bow around this. One of the things that is killing us in politics, I could do a whole show on it, is one side thinks they're always on the right side. Not right or left, but on the correct side. We're on the good, and those people on the other side are evil we got to stop with that sort of thinking. Don't teach your children that sort of thinking. People are a complicated mix of both. We're often flawed and ignorant. We've had a whole argument over this, but we both agree in the constrained view of human nature. People are prone to sin, prone to ignorance, prone to even if you're brilliant in a certain aspect of life, you still could be easily dumb in other aspects of life. Right. And so to think, uh, I'm on the side of the angels always and forever... It's kind of what Lincoln said. Are we on God's side? No, I hope... Or is God on our side? No, I hope we're on God's side. Yeah. Not, don't presume you're always on the side of the right. I think a lot more would get done. But it is a big battle over power. 
And good luck with that. And and that is where we have come to in politics is well, it's sad if that what I believe is right, then what you believe isn't just misguided. No, it's evil. Oh, it is exactly 180 degrees different than what I believe. And unfortunately, we shouldn't. We should not be that. In way. the extreme, and luckily this isn't happening in this country. In the extreme, though, when you really think that, you commit evil acts like what we saw in Sri Lanka.